Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. It's Friday, Dolphin fans, and I am back and finally feeling better, ready to bring you another episode of your favorite Miami Dolphins podcast. This is Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. But unfortunately, despite every attempt at social distancing, Jake Mendel is now feeling sick as well and will not be joining us today. We wish him a speedy and full recovery. But with Jake on short-term IR, I will be joined by the fake-ass doctor, the one, the only, Merrick Brave. Merrick, I have not been on here to talk about the Dolphins for almost a little over a week. I think it's closer to two weeks, honestly. But I am thankful to be back here and thankful to be joined by you. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. I, I haven't been sick at all. Like, I don't know what's going on with, Knock with you on and wood. Jake. Knock but on wood. <laughs> I, I probably just jinxed myself. I'm just thankful that these germs aren't be aren't uh, able to be transmitted over Zoom calls here because uh, – Cause I've been feeling fine, been feeling good. Uh, other than the Dolphins let me down every Sunday, but uh, I think we're all sharing in that misery, aren't we? Yeah, we're definitely all sharing in that misery. And for those that don't know, uh, I had a very miserable COVID Christmas. Um, been on the shelf for a little bit now, but again, thankful to be able to come back here and talk about the Dolphins. I don't think we'll talk too much about the twenty three twenty one loss last week, unless you have some, you know, thoughts on that, Merrick. But honestly, I mean, everything has been a haze over these last few weeks. We lost to the Packers. That stung. Lost last week to the Patriots. Again, a quarterback did not finish that game as we become accustomed to. But uh, before we turn the page, man, anything you want to talk about with that 23-21 loss to the Patriots, who now you know have us, you know, spiraling out of control? Well, I don't know if you listened at all, Josh, but when Jake and I were talking, he kind of gave me a little gruff because I said it was going to come down to the Dolphins executing kind of the the meat and potatoes of uh, what an NFL team should be doing, uh, you know, running the ball well, not turning the ball over. Um, those were going to be the keys to the victory, playing good defense. And, and even though the defense played well, they only gave up 16 points. However, the offense and Teddy Bridgewater gave up six points themselves with that pick six. Uh, and then we had a missed field goal. So there's nine points right there. You got the, the pick six and the missed field goal. There's nine points. We lost by two. Looks like the Dolphins probably should have won that game, probably should have won it by a touchdown. Uh, and unfortunately, that didn't happen. And like you mentioned, once again, a quarterback not named Tua Tungavailoa starts the game and his backup has to finish. Uh, every single time Tua Tungavailoa has missed a game this season, the Dolphins' starting quarterback, whether that's Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater, has gotten knocked out of the game, and the quarterback who didn't take the majority of the first team reps that week has had to come in and try and save the day. And as we've seen each and every time, it's been ugly because the Dolphins have actually lost all of those games. In fact, in the last two seasons, out of all the games that Tua Tungavailoa has missed, the Dolphins have managed to win one of them. One single solitary game. And I think we're talking, if you include this upcoming game, actually, no, don't even include it. I think we're talking, what, seven, eight 
game somewhere in there. And the only victory they were able to get was last year against the lowly Houston Texans. So we're hoping for uh, a, 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 a breaking of that streak this Sunday against the New York Jets because this game's really important. Somehow, even though the Dolphins are on a five-game skid, Tua Tungavailoa is concussed and has missed last week and will miss this week, uh, the Dolphins can still make the playoffs thanks to an 8-3 and three start this season. They can still make the playoffs with a victory against the New York Jets and a Patriots loss to the Buffalo Bills who uh, are energized. They have everything to play for this week. Uh, you know, our, our positive thoughts to DeMar Hamlin. Got some great news on him today. Seems to be awake and speaking. He addressed his team. That's great news for them. Um, and great news for all of us who are rooting for the young guys. So if they can uh, find a way to beat the Patriots on Sunday and the Dolphins can find a way to beat the Jets, somehow, somehow, even after a month and a half of pure misery here as Dolphins fans, we'll be enjoying uh, at least uh, the lead-up to a playoff game. Who knows how they'll do once that game starts, uh, but we'll be enjoying a, a playoff game for the first time since 2016 and you know what? I'll celebrate it just the same because I'm tired of being on those graphics that say longest playoff droughts and the Dolphins are like tied for the second longest. I don't want to see that anymore. So by hook or by crook, any way they can get to the playoffs, they got to do it. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. I'm not really concerned with style points. I think it's, you know, remarkable that, you know, they started eight and three and somehow, despite how dismal it feels and how, you know, down we are as Dolphin fans, they really do still have a chance. I'm glad you brought up the DeMar Hamlin thing. I mean, that was one of the scariest hits I think we've all seen. And, you know, through the power of prayer and, you know, the EMTs, you know, on the scene, they got him back and going. And I think it's just remarkable the fact that, you know, I think he FaceTimed the Bills earlier this week. So our thoughts and prayers go out with him. Um, Back to this game, Merrick. I mean, the Dolphins still have a chance. We found out before we came on the air that not only will Joe Flacco be starting for the New York Jets, but now it's official. Skylar Thompson will be starting for the Miami Dolphins. And like you mentioned, I mean, um, I don't know who you point the finger at right at this point because uh, you brought in Teddy Bridgewater this year. You thought he could at least win you one game. You even thought the same probably last year with Jacoby Brissett. But every time two is not in the lineup, you know, you have to depend on someone else. And it just hasn't worked out. But maybe, just maybe things are different this week with Skylar Thompson starting. He came into the game last week, completed 12 of 21 passes for 104 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But I think what I found most, uh, I guess, eye-opening was the fact that he did play most of that game in week five against the New York Jets. Uh, it was an absolute bloodbath. I think the Dolphins lost like 40 to 17 the Jets don't have Brees Hall this week, so, you know, there's something going there. But uh, he completed 19 of 33 passes for 166 yards, one pick uh, against the Jets back in week five. So I look at that and then I look at, you know, how we felt, I guess, throughout preseason. I mean, do you think Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco, do you think he can go out there and do the improbable, like you mentioned, pull this team together, get that offense going and do enough to beat the Jets and then just let your dominoes fall? Do you think this is going to be Skylar Thompson's day? Well, I like how you said, can he do enough? Because I think if the Dolphins win on Sunday against the Jets, it's not going to be because of Skylar Thompson. I think if they win, it will be in spite of Skylar Thompson. Um, despite having a really good preseason in his limited action this season, he has not looked great. Now, you mentioned that that drubbing he took against the Jets earlier this year. Like we talked about, he was uh, he came off the bench that game. He did not prepare as the starter that week. He did not take the majority of first-team reps in practice that week. That was Teddy Bridgewater. And if you guys remember, that was the uh, the phantom concussion game. That was the game where Teddy Bridgewater played one offensive snap, 
um, was ruled yep. out by by a spotter somewhere in the in the bowels of of MetLife Stadium, uh, despite not having a concussion. Uh, and Skyler had to come in essentially unprepared, uh, and he he did what he could, but it wasn't it wasn't a good start. Or, excuse me, not a start, but it wasn't a good game for him. Um, and I think his game last week against the Patriots similar. Uh, similar results. He, a lot of his stats were padded in, I don't want to call it garbage time because he was able to score the touchdown, get the Dolphins to within two points. They they had a, an onside kick attempt that didn't go their way. Um, but the Patriots defense was clearly playing differently in that situation with the clock ticking down. Um, they were trying to not give up the quick score. Um, so Skyler was just taking check down after check down after check down. Um, he did have the nice touchdown pass to, I believe it was Mike Kosicki there at the end. Um, so who knows? Maybe with a week of practice, Skyler's best outing this year was against the Minnesota Vikings before he got hurt. Um, and that was that was a, a week where he did get a majority of the first team reps in practice. And Mike McDaniel came out earlier today. We're recording this midday on on Friday. He came out earlier today and said that Skyler has had his best week of practice um, this week leading up to this big game against the Jets. And that's all we can hope for is that Skylar Thompson looks competent because if this game is going to be won, it's going to come down to the Dolphins being able to run the ball, Dolphins being able to play good defense, and the Dolphins not turning the ball over. A lot of that has to do with Mike McDaniel's play calling. When your backup quarterback is in the game, you have to simplify that offense. You can't be throwing the ball downfield nonstop and putting it in harm's way. On that pick six, pick six from Teddy Bridgewater, they were backed up in their own end zone. I believe it was a third and 10. Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh. I think it was third and 10. And a lot of teams in that scenario will, will hit a check down, hopefully, you know, make a guy miss and see if you can get a first down that way. Run a draw play. Just try to give yourself a little more room to punt the ball, flip the field. The Dolphins were up. I believe it was 14 to 10 at that point. The Dolphins were up in the third quarter. At that point, you're playing against an offense that looks awful. Mac, Mac Jones, McCorkle Jones, does not look like a, a quality quarterback, at least compared to how he looked last year. A lot of that can probably come down to the the woes in the Patriots co coaching staff. They have a, a defensive guy calling the offensive plays. They're, all, they're a mess up there. But they weren't doing anything against this Dolphins defense. The Dolphins were up 14 to 10. You punt the ball away in that scenario. You play the field position game. Even if you give up a field goal, you still have the lead. But instead, Mike McDaniel, he's aggressive and sometimes to a fault. I love Mike McDaniel. I'm sure we'll get into it later in the podcast. A lot of rumors about his future if the Dolphins don't win this game on Sunday. I like Mike McDaniel. I don't want to see him go anywhere, but I want him to learn from some of his mistakes. And he cannot call plays that uh, that have your backup quarterback throwing the ball in harm's way on third and 10 when you're backed up in your own end zone. Just run the ball there, hit a check down, and punt the ball away and, and play for the next drive. But he, he seems to do this time in and time out. Um, if Tua is in there, I completely understand the call because Tua has been able to execute these deep shots or these middle-of-the-field shots, these intermediate shots all year long. That's his bread and butter this year. But you had Teddy in there. And it, the fact that Teddy was even in there is kind of an indictment on Mike McDaniel in the first place, right? When Mike McDaniel was talking about the qualities he wanted in a backup quarterback this offseason before the season started, he was naming Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater was a Mike McDaniel special. He picked 
Teddy Bridgewater. This wasn't a Chris Greer thing. A lot of people get on Chris Greer's back for, for some of these decisions that don't pan out, but you can't blame Teddy Bridgewater on Chris Greer. This was a Mike McDaniel decision. Uh, he picked Teddy Bridgewater. The Dolphins paid him six and a half million dollars um, up to 10 million with incentives, which uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he did not reach any of those incentives this year based on uh, the type of play he's been putting out there. But Teddy Bridgewater doesn't fit this offense. He is not, he doesn't do what Tua does. He's a slow decision maker. His delivery is slow. His movement in and out of the pocket is slow. I just, I don't feel like he fits this offense. So if he's going to be in there, you got to call the game a little bit more conservatively. Uh, and in some instances, McDaniel did, you know, we, we saw them run the ball a little bit more uh, and hit the check down a little bit more. But in that very specific instance, he needed to tell Teddy, Hey, whatever happens here, do not turn this ball over. And unfortunately it was worst case scenario. He threw the pick six Patriots missed the extra point. So they go up 16 to 14 and they never gave the lead up. Uh, and the dolphins lost that game. And unfortunately, if the Dolphins would have won that game the, with the Seahawks beating the Jets later in the day, we wouldn't even be talking about this game this week because it would be inconsequential and the Dolphins would already be in the playoffs. So here we are. And that that's just how wild this entire, and you know, that's just how wild the NFL is, you know, the game of football is. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, it's a game of inches, but I mean, if the Dolphins somehow pull off that victory, you know, Jason Sanders maybe makes that field goal. I mean, we could be sitting here feeling real good having a playoff spot locked up. And that's just crazy to say. Um, I love that you brought up, I guess I don't love it, but the fact that you brought up their complete inability to try to run the football once Skylar Thompson went into the game, I think I counted it in the second half. They might've ran the ball a total of seven times. I think two of those came after Skylar Thompson went into that game, I know a lot of Dolphin fans are sitting here saying uh, or had in my replies, you know, saying, well, you shouldn't run the ball. You know, it wasn't effective. You should absolutely run the ball if you're up 14-10 and you have a rookie quarterback that just came into the game. I mean, that's just to, to me, that's just common sense. So um, I, well, by I, I the don't time know. Skylar was in the game. They were actually down a couple points, but you still run the football there. He's a, a rookie seventh round pick. I think a lot of people expect more out of him just because of the success that Brock Purdy is having in San Francisco right now. But newsflash. San Francisco is a better coach team than the Miami Dolphins. San Francisco has a much better defense than the Miami Dolphins. And San Francisco might even have better skill position players than the Miami Dolphins when you consider Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel on that squad. So the 49ers are – it's a lot easier for a seventh-round rookie to win for the 49ers than it is for the Miami Dolphins, especially with this rookie head coaching staff. Um, and I just, I felt like McDaniel could have put his team in a better position. And that's kind of been the common thread in a lot of these losses over this five game losing streak. Wouldn't you say Josh? Yeah. And I think that might be what is, I guess is so frustrating. And I mean, we'll talk about the rumors at the end. I mean, I think we both can agree. It's absolute, you know, horse poop to sit here and even suggest that maybe they get rid of Mike McDaniel. But again, it's Stephen Ross just being Stephen Ross, you know, who knows he's a, uh, you know, he can do anything at any time and just be that loose cannon. So um, one thing absolute... I want to know, Josh, with this game this past weekend, and then this game coming up with Skylar Thompson, the, the starter as, as McDaniel announced today, one of Skylar Thompson's best attributes in college was his running ability. Yep. And we've seen him, uh, you know, kind of call his number a couple of times and scramble and, and get a first down. Unfortunately, sometimes those are called back by holding penalties, much like they, much like it was against uh, the Patriots this past week. But why aren't we seeing the cre creativity from Mike McDaniel to call these designed quarterback run plays for Skylar Thompson so he can use his legs you know, I suppose maybe I can answer my own question there. He's afraid we're going to get another quarterback injured because we've been snake bitten uh, 
really across the whole roster, but especially in that quarterback room this season. But I mean, it's, it's do or die. It's a win and in scenario, essentially, as long as the bills take care of business against the Pats and who knows, maybe Tua gets cleared in time for a playoff game. So I am dialing up designed running plays from Skylar Thompson. If I'm Mike McDaniel, because I want to, I want this quarterback to be doing what he feels most comfortable doing. And if you go back and watch his, his tape from his time at Kansas state in college, that was one of his superpowers. What do you think, Josh? Do you want to see Skylar running the rock a little bit more? This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because that is, again, one of the things you liked about his game tape and one of the things I don't think that we've truly had a chance to see, you know, since he's taken over, at least got those reps with the Dolphins. I guess my only concern is, and maybe it's the reason Mike McDaniel isn't dialing him up, is because, you know, we're sitting here talking about a third, you know, your third string quarterback. If he gets hit, man, I mean, we didn't even talk about it now, but 33-year-old Mike Glennon appears to be waiting in the wings. So, um, you know, I don't know how much of that goes into his play calling and decision making. I mean, obviously, uh, the way we look at it as fans, I mean, I know there's a gif out there from one of the Rocky movies. If he dies, he dies, right? I mean, go out there empty your chamber do whatever you can and if Skylar Thompson's comfortable running that ball if he sees you know things part open like the Red Sea take off with it but that is one thing that Skylar Thompson truly hasn't done you know when we did see him in there going back to you bringing up that Minnesota game I mean he can play at 7 of 13 for 89 yards in that game that was one of those games where he looked like he was dialed in I know Mike McDaniel mentioned at his press conference today but there was one drive where they went 90 some yards downfield I think they almost punched it in got taken back by a hold and at that point that game spiraled out of control so dude absolutely drop drop those design runs for uh Skylar Thompson let him do whatever he can to make plays but um I do think a little bit of, of it has to do with you know he is the third string quarterback you now got Teddy with one hand what Teddy nine fingers Tua mm-hmm. may not play football will probably will not play football again the rest of the year unless you know knock on wood somehow we make it into the playoffs but you're a Skylar Thompson hit away from 33 year old Mike Lennon I mean and uh, our always... emergency, our emergency QB, Cedric, Cedric yeah. Wilson, he's got the hip injury. So now we even don't have, that's how snake bitten that QB room is that the emergency QB is now injured and probably won't play against the Jets. That's so ridiculous. I really liked uh, speaking of Mike Glennon before we just move past him, because what the hell I really, if we have to see Mike, Mike Glennon on Sunday, we might be in uh, a whole world. of. What if he's what I... get, what if he somehow, you know, comes in and they're losing and like puts the team on his back and does this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it kind of so... looks like a giraffe. He just puts everybody on his back like you're at a safari and they somehow It'd be made. so fitting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I liked your I liked your tweet from I think it was yesterday where you said next man up N E 
CKS next man up for Mike Glennon. I was really proud of that, but I was 25 minutes late. So I think somebody, I think it had to have been done before, but um, dude, I didn't realize Mike Glennon the last time he truly like got starting reps was back when he was a rookie in 2013. That was when he started 13 games for the Buccaneers has traveled all over the league, played for the Bucks, Bears, Cardinals, Raiders, Jags, and Giants. I actually wrote an article about this on on the Finsider this week um, where I broke down Mike Glennon's history in the league. Did you know Mike Glennon actually has 40 career starts in his NFL career, which, which is a lot. And that sounds really good for a backup quarterback that you sign. Right. Did you also know, and this is all according to um, uh, stat muse on, on the internet. And I don't know if you guys have heard of that. There's this thing called the I have, yep. a, lot, a lot of information out there, but uh, stat muse uh, has Mike Glennon in his 40 career starts. He had, they have him with a record of seven and 33 including a 16-game winless streak in his last 16 starts, which used to be a full season of action until they added uh, uh, the extra game this past season, uh, last season and this season. But his last 16 starts, Mike Glennon is 0-16, and that includes starts for teams like the Giants, the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Bears. Uh, He's what some people would call not good. So let's just hope we get the Vikings version of Skylar Thompson this weekend. And let's hope that for the first time all year, the starting quarterback, not named Tua Tungavailoa, is able to start a game and finish a game without having to bring in the backup. Although Mike McDaniel did say that Teddy Bridgewater and his his dislocated pinky finger uh, uh, will probably be available to be a backup uh, against the Jets. So... We'll have to see how that goes, but uh, I'm not super confident. But let's talk about that matchup, uh, Flacco versus versus Thompson there. I think there's a lot of people on Twitter, Josh, that are are kind of downplaying what Flacco can do for that Jets offense. The Jets are not a good football team, but they do have a good defense. Their Achilles heel this season has been their quarterback play. Zach Wilson, uh, not very good. Mike White, decent in stretches, was dealing with broken ribs these last few games. Um, and Joe Flacco got some run early in the year as well and actually played decent. I, unlike a lot of people on Twitter, I actually fear Joe Flacco a little bit more than I fear Mike White, especially a banged up Mike White. What do you think? Wow. Yeah. I I, I mean, I feel like he's just going to come out here and be that gunslinger, right? I mean, he's going to be that guy that just has nothing to lose for. And I guess that is kind of what might give you a little bit of pause. I had to look it up. Joe Flacco, six and two versus the Dolphins in his career. I uh, started eight games against the Dolphins has thrown for over nearly 2,000 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns and four interceptions in those games. So, uh, you know, up until recently, Joe Flacco has had our numbers. I think at least the most memorable game I remember is when Kiko Alonso took that late hit, right? And he was looking for a check after that. But what I think is kind of fascinating is the way this line shifted. I don't know if you were keeping tabs on that, Merrick, but I think it it opened up as the Dolphins were, what, three and a half point favorites. Somehow, you know, I, I don't know if it was because maybe Mike White could have potentially started and with a uh, Skylar Thompson, you know, being the starting quarterback in Miami, it kind of shifted a little bit. I think at one point the dolphins were what one or two point underdogs. And now it's back at three and I it might even be at three and a half right now as the dolphins again favored. So um, is that, does that mean anything? I mean, does that, like what what do you take from that because i mean i always look at that and people say vegas knows something i think okay they're full of shit but clearly vegas knew something here right yeah i originally thought when i was keeping tabs on that line earlier this week i originally thought there was a chance maybe Tua was going to play when i saw it uh shifting back towards the dolphins favor 
obviously that was a pipe dream. I really wish he was playing. He's not, you know, his health and safety is very important. We want to make sure that his, uh, his brain is in the right spot before he gets back on the field. But I just, I feel like people might be underestimating Joe Flacco. Now, one thing to consider uh, is the fact that the Jets will be without three starting offensive linemen on Sunday against the Dolphins. They're starting left tackle, they're starting right tackle, and then one of the guards, I'm not sure if it's the left guard or right guard, they won't be playing. So you're going to get Joe Flacco, who everyone would agree is that classic, stationary, (laughs) statuesque quarterback uh, back there. He actually does play decently well against the blitz. At least he, he has this year. The last time the dolphins played Joe Flacco was actually last year when he started for the jets. Um, the dolphins won that game 24 to 17, uh, Tua did play that game and played well. So we don't have that to our advantage. Uh, this time around, but the Jets offense scored 17 points and the Jets offense has better playmakers uh, this year. Garrett Wilson has been having a, a fantastic rookie season over a thousand yards. And that's considering when he's been getting passes thrown to him from Zach Wilson, Mike White and Joe Flacco. So, you know, he's, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come on that Jets offense, but Jets offense is a little bit better than the last time Joe Flac- Flacco played against the Dolphins. Their offensive line, probably a little bit worse. Dolphins defense, probably a little bit worse. And obviously the Dolphins quarterback situation is significantly worse with Tua not playing this weekend. So I think a lot of fans are getting a little cocky after seeing the Joe Flacco news today. And I would just, I would ask you to to, to slow down a little bit, uh, take a step back and, and understand that this is probably still going to be a pretty tight game, um, even with Joe Flacco starting. Yeah, I mean, or just open your eyes, right? I mean, the last five weeks, if that hasn't taught us anything, it's that we just need to exactly. calm down. It's not down like the and... Dolphins are world beaters and they're out here kicking <laughs> yeah. everybody's asses. They've lost five in a row. The Jets have lost five in a row. These are two just, just you know, doormat football teams the last month and a half trying to do battle for the last time all season. The Dolphins do have something to play for, uh, whereas the Jets don't, other than being spoilers against an AFC East division rival. So you would hope, that our guys are going to come out there inspired, ready to to put another notch in the win column, uh, get Mike McDaniel a winning season, get the Dolphins a 9-8 and eight record, and get the Dolphins team, coaches, and, and us, the, the fan base, a playoff berth for the first time since 2016. Like, we've we've been waiting. Now, whatever happens, happens when they get to the playoffs, if they get to the playoffs. And, but my role was just get there. Joe Flacco was the quarterback of the Ravens too, wasn't he? In 2016, when we got uh, uh we played the Steelers. I'm thinking of what Steelers was it like 2008. Year. I'm I'm going way back there to oh, the yeah. uh, Tony Sperano years. That Flacco, I think he was the quarterback in that game. And uh, yeah, we remember it's, how that it, one went. It's either the the Ravens or the Steelers. Every time we do make the playoffs, that knock us out. I say every time, like it's been a bunch. Like it hasn't just been like two times in the last twenty something years. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope we, it picks up and we can start becoming one of those teams where, you know, you just every year you're in the playoffs and, you know, you can sit here and wrinkle your nose if you get eliminated in the first round. I mean, I I live up here, in, you know, Pennsylvania Eagles fans, man, they act like the, at the times they have it so bad. And I think for as long as I've been alive, I mean, they've made it into the to the postseason. You know, they've been winning the NFC East, so um, they definitely and they have uh, a Super Bowl. Recently. Yeah, and they have the Super Bowl. You mentioned that offensive line being banged up. I mean, if this is a game where it sounds like Nick Chubb, I think he's considered questionable you know we Brad, think, bradley chubb even yeah bradley, dude i'm all over the place i'm gonna blame the illness for that uh 
I, I can even mess that name up. How I'm terrible with names if I can't even say Bradley Chubb, right? Jalen Phillips, we know Christian Wilkins. I think he does he need eight tackles to reach 100? He's right there. I mean, this Which is, is a, tremendous for a defensive tackle. It, it is linebacker I mean, numbers. This is an opportunity to just you know, show the that you belong in the postseason, right? I mean, we're sitting here talking about how the Dolphins might sneak in. We know what the Bills need to do on Sunday. They're playing the Patriots, correct? I think um, they yep. are playing the Patriots, correct? <laughs> yep, Bills, Patriots. And if the Bills win that game and the Dolphins win their game, we are in the playoffs for the first time in, in what, six seasons. That's incredible. That's incredible that it takes – this type of effort after the team started eight and three, it felt like a lock that, that this team was getting to the playoffs. But again, this team is cursed snake bitten, whatever you want to say. So many injuries, starting with the Byron Jones injury in the off season or surgery in the off season. He's supposed to be ready by week one. I mean, we can get into that a little bit right Go now. Josh, it, yeah. That was, that was some big news uh, coming out of dolphins camp this week, you know, all season long, Mum's been the word on on Byron Jones and his injury status, and you know it almost felt like the team was a little positive about it. And you know we kind of gave him a pass. Oh, there must have been a setback or something. But now it just feels like Byron Jones just straight up did not want to play. And to be fair, I think you and I both kind of had that sentiment as the season was rolling along. Like I don't think Byron Jones wants to be here. He saw all the all the trade rumors in the off season. Dolphins reportedly interested in J.C. Jackson. And he just said, you know what? I'm not interested. I don't want to play. And Sam Madison, Dolphins great, Dolphins legend, and maybe another reason for me to just love Sam Madison, he came out, I think it was yesterday, and he said, uh, so, I know you have the quote there, Josh. You want to read the quote so I don't so I don't mess do it up? You, do you want me to read the quote? Okay, I'll, Yeah, I'll read you quote. read the quote. I can't open my document here. This was, this was Sam here. Madison on Brian Jones. He said, I think he could have helped us, but injuries, they came up. Things happen. Some people fight through them. Some people don't. But right now, we can't really worry about that. We can only worry about the guys that we have here, and that's what I've been doing, trying to focus on the guys that we have. Before that, he mentioned how at one point it seemed as though uh, Byron Jones felt his rehab was not progressing at all and it almost seemed like he shut himself down so um you know all the speculation we had all season long you know we're sitting here talking about how different this defense might look with byron jones this quote at least sounds like you know sam madison saying most guys can fight through this byron jones chose not to and chose um, you not know, to yeah and we felt that trickle down effect i mean i know some people are we're all very high on darth cater but i hear people say you know it's kind of a wash between him and byron jones a healthy byron jones you know playing at his pinnacle is one of the best you know shut down man corners in football it looked like at times it's just so um it's just so sad what happened there but i guess uh you know byron jones is on his way out but kudos to sam madison one of our all-time favorites for you know giving Tell his him it like it is yeah. and that's the thing right you see you hear so much coach speak throughout the season that it was refreshing to hear somebody and even mcdaniel kind of like he's not going to bury anyone per se but he, you could tell that he if you watch if you don't just read the quotes but you actually watch uh the pre press conference where he talked about it you could tell he was kind of miffed and was just like you know what we're done with him he's not even he's not even in our minds anymore we've been done with him for weeks but some people fight through injuries and some people don't. I mean, you got Alec Ingold coming out here after getting surgery on a broken hand. Don't throw him the ball though with the cast. <laughs> what the hell was that? that was awful. But you got him coming out here with after getting surgery on Christmas day or the day after he's got pins in his, in his hand, he's got a club, you know, everything's taped up and he's out here the very next weekend playing a game because he knows how much he means to that offense and how much he means to this football team. And to me, 
that's the mindset you need, especially this late in the season uh, when you're a little bit banged up. And, and we're dealing with that this week. Like you said, Bradley Chubb, I think you said Nick, but it's Bradley, Bradley Chubb uh, dealing with an, a hand injury and an ankle injury as well. Uh, Mike McDaniel did say that he was optimistic on Chubb being able to go against the Jets. And then kind of same deal with Xavier Howard. He's got, uh, I believe he's got a knee injury now in addition to the groin injuries that he has been dealing with all season long. But he, but McDaniel says he's optimistic as well. So. We've got a couple of Warriors, and then a third and Alec Ingold who are ready to go, ready to be out there. Um, Teron Armstead dealing with a myriad Everything. Of, of injuries. He's got <laughs> His the, whole body. The, uh, I joked with Jake that the head, shoulders, knees, and toes song was actually about Teron Armstead just listing <laughs> nice. off all of his injuries. So he's got the pec, he's got the knee, he's got the hip, he's got the uh, ankle, I think, something like that. We'll see if he's able to go. It did not sound like McDaniel was as optimistic on Teron Armstead's availability on Sunday, which to me is very important. The Jets have a good defense. They have a great pass rusher in Carl Lawson, um, who Teron Armstead could neutralize if he was on the field, but he might not see the field this week. And that's mm, that's a problem. And that's a problem against this defense, especially with a rookie seventh-round QB starting for the Miami Dolphins. So we'll see if Armstead's able to go. If you if you put a gun to my head and you you ask me yes or no, I do think he'll play uh, just because he's a warrior. He's a team player and he knows how much it means to this team to get this victory this Sunday. So if he's able to go in, you know, even if he's at 70%, I do think we'll see Teron, Teron Armstead this weekend. But my point being is we've got these guys who are doing everything they can to suit up and play in the most meaningful game for the Dolphins this season. And then you got a guy like Byron Jones, who's making what, $18 million this year. And he decided that it, it wasn't worth it. I'm not going to go out there if I'm less than a hundred percent, because I know the Dolphins want to ditch me and I want to make sure I can get as much money as I can on my next contract. You know, I get it. NFL's a business. You got to make as much money as you can uh, in, in the amount of time that you have to be able to play in this league. But it's very disheartening to see some players choose to put the team first and then another player who, again, is one of the highest paid players on this team who clearly chose to put his best interest first and essentially sit out the entire year. Yeah, and again, we're not sitting here saying Byron Jones would have been that X factor. You know, we won't be sitting here with a must-win game in Week 18, but I kind of feel like if Byron Jones was out there, you know, things would be a little bit different. Before we get into Armando Salguero's report that, you know, people are running with, one way or another. Give me your predictions for this game. I mean, I don't even know that I have a number in my head. I do think the Dolphins will go out there. We heard Mike McDaniel speak about how important this game was. You continue to tell us. We continue to speak about just what this game means to this team, how these guys are going to fight through it and leave everything on the line in week 18 with the hopes of hopefully playing next week in the wild card game. But give me your prediction. I'll throw out one real quick so that I let you do a lot of the talking because you have a way with words. I'm going to go 2010 <laughs> Dolphins. We'll go 2010 Dolphins. Um, I'm not going to leave it up to a Jason Sanders field goal because at this point, I mean, you can shoot him directly into the sun. I think uh, we can all agree Jason Sanders can be playing elsewhere next season. Yeah, well, last time the Dolphins and Jets, uh, or last time Joe Flacco suited up, uh, as a jet against the Dolphins, like I said, it was 24-17 Miami. Dolphins aren't scoring 24 points. It's just not happening. Not with Skylar Thompson starting. Can they win if the Jets score 17? I don't think they can. That's why I'm predicting that the Jets will not score 17 points. They will score 13 points, but the Dolphins will score 16 points. Not a math guy, but that sounds like a Dolphins victory to me. Jason Dolphins Sanders 16. game winner. 
Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a game winner somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm hoping it's more of like a like a, a 16 to, to 7 score at one point, and then the Jets tack on a couple extra field goals, but the defense stops Flacco on a on a late drive, gets a, uh, an interception, maybe maybe to Kohu again, and and uh we feel good for another week at least and finally break this playoff drought. This is going to be that game where the defense just looks like super say on and everyone's talking. Cause I mean, I joked with Jake a couple times, but there was early in the year, man. I, there are tweets out there with people worried that Josh Boyer was going to be poached as a head coach at one point this season. And you see how far yeah. we have fallen since then. It's Go ahead, almost, take them. Yeah. It's almost a given Josh Boyer will be fired at the end of the year. Danny Crossman as well. Most likely again, those uh, has not been reported. Those are just, us reading the tea leaves, but the big thing that came out and we won't talk about it too long, but Armando Salguera, who now writes for, is it outkick? I believe he came out with this article and he get pretty much get ended with his speculation that, you know, if the dolphins were to fall this weekend and miss the playoffs, heads could roll. No one's job is safe. And I think, you know, again, we look at it and it's more so just thinking about how uncertain, you know, things are with Steven Ross and how he is an X factor, a wild card that could go out there and just do whatever he can. But Give me your thoughts on this because I I know people are talking about Harbaugh and Sean Payton and those I think would be the whales that you know he might throw full control at. But honestly, if you're Mike McDaniel, can you not just sit here and point at all the injuries? Point at the fact that you were you know pigeonholed and at least in our from our perspective, ask to you know retain Josh Boyer, ask to retain Danny Crossman, and say you know give me a chance next year with a healthy roster. Let me run it back with my defensive coordinator. Maybe I bring in a better backup veteran quarterback, and let's see how this thing goes when the wheels don't fall off. I mean, if you're Stephen Ross, after all the mediocrity and crap that you've seen come you know through that front door, would you not feel pretty good if you gave Mike McDaniel another year, gave him his defensive coordinator, maybe even through the bag at you know a Fangio or one of those other guys, and let this let the cards fall and see what they could do next year after he takes a season to reflect on some of those issues, do you not think that would be in the Miami Dolphins best situation? Are you one of those that think, you know, fire Chris Greer, get rid of your uh, head coach because pin, you know, pigeonholing and keeping a head coach with a GM has not worked at all. What, what are your thoughts, America? I'm smiling out of control. No, I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Mike McDaniel was the head coach of a football team that suffered just a ridiculous amount of injuries this year. Uh, most notably to their starting quarterback, Tua Tungabailoa, for two... He did ask for him, though, right? He did ask for this adversity. Can we admit that he was the one yeah. egging it all on, right? Be careful what you wish for. But, you know, there there were too many injuries on the squad this year. Uh, we've seen what he can do with Tua Tungabailoa when he's healthy. We've seen what he can do with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, they're, they're the most prolific duo in Miami... Dolphins history Ever. and one of the most prolific duos in NFL history, just behind those 95 lions with Herman Moore and, and Perriman. So to get rid of Mike McDaniel after everything he was able to do with this offense this year would be asinine. What I do want to see happen is I want to see a new defensive coordinator because Josh Boyer just isn't getting it done. Um, he needs everything to be perfect in his scheme for it to get done. And that didn't happen this year with all of the injuries in the secondary. So I've seen enough from him. He can go. Danny Crossman, this special teams unit is complete and utter dog shit. You can go too. I'm done with you and I'm done with Jason Sanders. You guys can hold hands on the way out the door. So to fire Mike McDaniel right now after what he's done for this Dolphins offense, after what he's done for Tua Tonga-Vailoa, that's insanity. 
Give him another season. Let's see if Tua can stay healthy. If he can, this Dolphins offense will propel them to the playoffs next season, um, and we'll be looking for that big money contract for Tua. If Tua can't stay healthy, then we got to have the conversation about possibly replacing him. Um, But I still don't think you replace Mike McDaniel in that scenario. I don't think any of this is Mike McDaniel's fault. He has things he needs to get better at, um, you know, game management, the, the timeouts, Uh, some play calling, especially when you're up and you need to run the ball. Let's stick with that. But I think Mike McDaniel's a good coach, and and I want him coaching the Miami Dolphins next season. Yeah, and again, this was just Armando basically, you know, trying to give his two cents on the matter. I think the only way this would ever even happen is if for some reason Stephen Ross is sitting there thinking – why not just blow this entire thing up and go out there and get one of those whales? But as we've seen in the past, I mean, even going that route, I mean, it would just be that so Dolphins way to pay Jim Harbaugh or, you know, Sean Payton X amount of money to have him just come here and have all this mediocrity in eight and eight seasons. So Merrick, I thought this was a pretty good show, man. I thought we got everything They're counting off our us down. Like Merrick said, we are being counted down. So guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio. If you liked what you're listening to, please follow me on Twitter at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And of course, Merrick Brave at mbrave13. Jake Mendel is not with us today, but you can follow him at, at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. We wish him a speedy recovery. And our thoughts and prayers again go out to Damar Hamlin. But guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of SB Nation's Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We'll be back next week to preview the Miami Dolphins Week 19 wildcard matchup. But until then, as always, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.